0: Amen, amen. Y'all, can we give, like, a round of applause to Ben here? Just crushing it. Absolutely slaying the game right now. This is awesome. Ben, you mind if I just... There you go, bro. Awesome, awesome. Well, y'all, thank you guys, like, so much for coming tonight. I know there's some rain, some tornadoes. Y'all are braving the weather. Did y'all know that? There's some tornadoes out? I didn't know that until, like, recently. My fiance always, like, watches the weather like a hawk like she's just like she could basically be a meteorologist so she's always keeping me in the loop anyways i'm just gonna like awkwardly move this back so i don't like run into that because that's just me all right cool cool thank y'all for liking me enough to let me even come back and talk to y'all again today um just about like the heart of the father um this is some awesome stuff this is some heavy stuff so just a little recap for you last week we went through like all of luke 15. Like, that was a lot. Like, I'm just gonna give y'all a round of applause for you guys, because, like, we did it. Like, that was a lot. That was a lot to take in, a lot to listen to, but I'm thankful for you guys. We talked about, like, the context of the stories behind it, and we talked about the audience that Jesus was mainly telling these stories to, how it was made up of, you know, tax collectors and sinners, and it was made up of like the know-it-all, angry about like everything like Pharisees. (laughs) So, and we saw how these stories were pointing to the heart of God the Father for us. We talked about God is the perfection of our earthly dads, not necessarily the reflection of them. He's the perfection. We talked about how God is just having this heart of love and joy for us, and he shows that specifically in the story of the prodigal son. And, and we looked at that specifically with the older son in the story. And so the older son, he represented the Pharisees at that time, and how Jesus was inviting the Pharisees to experience the same love and joy in relationship with him. That's what this whole story was about. And at the same time, we also talked about how Jesus invites us to experience that same heart of love and joy and relationship with God the Father even when we're lost in our pride, like the Pharisees were in this. But today, I'm, I'm gonna shift gears a little bit, okay? Today, I wanna talk about um, the younger son, the son who was more obviously lost than the, than the Pharisees, than the older son. So the younger son, he represented tax collectors and sinners, and the Pharisees were mad that like Jesus was hanging out with them. Um, and we focused on the older son, the father, first, because Jesus was trying to teach the Pharisees mainly through this story, Um, but before I like start talking about the, the younger son, I I just want to say like, y'all, this is some heavy stuff. So like, um, you know, I apologize if I get emotional up here. I got a little bit emotional last week just because I care for this stuff. And y'all know I wear my heart on my sleeve and I put my heart into these messages just because I I, like, I care for y'all and I care about this stuff that we talk about. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to say that before we dig in, because this is some heavy stuff. Um, anyways, I'm going to repeat my main point from last week. This is like the bottom line that I had. I wanted to remind y'all that the story of the two sons is supposed to point us to the heart of love and joy in God the Father over those who repent of their sins and turn to a relationship with Him. And because of this point, I-, I think there's something significant that we can learn by focusing just on the father and the younger son only after looking first at the father and the older son, right? We have to understand the context first and then now we can start to dig-, dig in into what else Jesus is saying. Words are hard sometimes, guys, I just have to say. So let's go ahead and we're gonna reread this story together just to take in the full capacity of just what God is trying to communicate to us through this story. So the story of the prodigal son goes like this. Um, it's gonna start in verse 11. This is Jesus sharing the story to the angry Pharisees. This is in Luke chapter 15. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven, and before you, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose, and he came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven, and before you, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put him on and Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field and he came and drew near to the house. He heard music and dancing and he called out one of his servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, well, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he received him back home safe and sound. But... The older son, he was angry and he refused to go in. And his father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, not dad, just look. These many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fat and calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. And it was fitting to celebrate and be glad for your, your brother. He was dead and he's alive. He was lost and he's found. Let's pray really quick before digging in further. So, God, thank you so much just for this word. And God, I just pray and ask that it just rests in our hearts. And God, I just pray and ask that we remember uh, what we learned last last week. Um, God, just about the context behind this and. Uh, about the message that you're trying to communicate, that you have a heart of love and joy for us as we turn back to you. Uh, God, I just pray and ask that you'd allow us to learn new things today, and that you'd open up our hearts and minds to your heart. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Okay, so personal story really quick. Growing up, I heard that story about like once or twice, and I always heard it um, without the context. I always heard it like Without the older brother, I just heard about the younger brother, and I always heard this stuff, you know, about the younger brother, just basically like, oh, you know, God loves you, Jesus loves you, you know, God is love, and like, just like the younger son is accepted in love, God loves you too, like, okay, weird voice there, but like, uh, don't get me wrong, there's some truth there, and that's some good stuff, but that's exactly what I needed to hear in my life as someone who felt like the younger son, because of like, life choices I made before I was Christian. But only hearing that one side of the story wasn't doing it justice to the story. Because there's so much more to the story that Jesus was trying to tell me. Um, and, And I think that there's so much more that Jesus is trying to tell us too. We need the context. And so I needed to hear the point of Jesus addressing the Pharisees by basically saying like, Hey, you think that you have it all together? You think that you understand my heart? But you're completely missing it. And Jesus was trying to tell them how in their pride, they may think that they know God's heart, but they miss it when they stay in their pride, and then when they don't turn to relationship with God. They were completely missing the heart of love and joy in God the Father. And so the story, this story that we just read, it ends on a cliffhanger, and we're waiting to see if the older son, the Pharisees, and and in deeper sense, maybe even us, will receive relationship with the Father, And that's why Jesus came, like we talked about last week, that we could know his heart in relationship with him, in his life, and in his death, and in his resurrection. That's the good news of the gospel. So if you want to hear more about that context, you can listen to my sermon. It's it's online. Y'all know where to find it. But anyways, let's talk about the younger son and the father in this story. Even though the context of the story that Jesus told was mainly aimed at the Pharisees and showing them that they were like the older son in this story, we got to dig deeper into both brothers to know the full message of what Jesus was trying to say. We can't just look at one. We got to look at both and the father ultimately. So let's do it. Let's dig into some deeper understanding about the younger son and the father's relationship with him. So I think in order to understand that, we've got to break it up into like about three different parts looking at the younger son. So I, I went ahead and I did the work for us, and we're going to go ahead and do that today. We're going to look at the younger son's story in three parts. So the three parts are going to pop up here. The younger son's story is one of three parts, rejection, return, and receiving. And so if you're taking notes, you can go ahead and jot those down and follow along. But what do I mean by rejection? Um, what I mean by rejection is that the younger son was so stuck in his own ways and wanted whatever he wanted first in his life that he rejected the heart of God. He rejected getting to know his real heart of love and joy, and he just wanted the things of the father instead. So let's go ahead and look at Luke chapter 15, 11 through 13 again. Let's understand more of this. Let's unpack it. And he said, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that's coming to me. And he divided his property between them. But not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there, he squandered his property in reckless living. So you see here how, like, you know, he wanted the father's things, but he didn't want a relationship with the father. He basically told his dad, and I said this last week, "Yeah, I wish you were dead so I can have my inheritance." That's basically what he told his dad. Which, like, you know, ouch, right? That, like, talk about a punch to the gut if you're a dad hearing that. Uh, He didn't care about relationship with God; he just wanted his things. And honestly, I think like, you know, just to put that into perspective for us, like when you, when, you, when it's Christmas, right, and you, and you get your present, what's your first reaction? Is it, man, my mom and dad, they're just so awesome. They just love and care about me so much. They know me. I love them. Or is it like, oh my gosh, no way the new iPhone. Oh, wow, this is awesome. Like we always make it about the presents, y'all. We always make it about the things. Y- and y'all know I'm right. You're not saying anything, but you know I'm right. Um, but I, I, I'm sure that, I'm sure that we can relate here. I'm sure we can relate. Um, I wanted as a, as not even a Christian, as like when I was first getting to know God and even before I wanted to get to know God, I just wanted the cool things that life had to offer, but I could have cared less about getting to know God and really being in a relationship with him when I was first, you know, starting the whole Christian walk. So whether it was like doing fun stuff or dumb stuff at parties, or getting the next video game, or iPhone, or having, like, you know, fun time with friends, or playing soccer, or wearing cool clothes, or dating in middle school, whatever that means. Like, I cared about everything else before I cared about relationship with God. And, like, I'm sure you are thinking, you know, this whole Jesus thing is cool and all, but, like, Brian, like, this is just a Wednesday and Sunday thing for me. Like, I I don't know if I need to take it that seriously. Like, I got stuff going on with, like, school and soccer or volleyball or who knows what or maybe a job or maybe you're like, yeah, God, you know, that's your cup of tea? Like, This God thing is your cup of tea, but for me, I'm going to stick with making life like all about me, making this good money, you know, working the best job, getting good grades, building up my name, my popularity, partying, maybe playing some Xbox with the friends because, you know, YOLO, right? Like, let's just live it up. Uh, So what I'm trying to say here about the younger son is that leaving home and taking all that uh, was deeper than just walking away from home. It was deeper than just leaving It shows how he was rejecting the opportunity to enjoy the love and joy found in relationship with God. God, as a father, could have said, young man, you're staying right here or you're grounded. Like, that was just cringy coming out of my mouth, even saying that. Like, that sounds cringy, but that's not how God is like. Like, you may think that's how God is like and how he sounds to you, but that's not his heart for us. You see, God loves us too much to not let us walk away. You hear what I'm saying? Like, listen again. God loves us too much to not let us walk away. He loves us so much that he will let us walk away and not choose him so we learn our need for him. And when I walked away from God in my life, it took me personally hitting rock bottom to see how much I needed him. And I pray that that's not the same for y'all. I really do. I, I pray that you don't have to learn like that. God allowed that to happen to me and other people, too. I mean, look at Israel in the Bible, for example. Like, God would allow them to continually wander away from God, wanting, you know, the good things in life, but not the greatest one, which was God. And yet the father divided his land for the son who rejected him in that story. So in that context, owning land was attached to your identity and your life. And it basically meant that the father divided himself up and gave up his life for his son, and so let me tell you guys, like that's exactly what God does for us, even when we reject him. So the first point tonight, guys, if you are taking notes, you're following along, hopefully still awake, is, is, it's this, it's even when we reject God, God still chose us. And what that means is like, y'all, you know, you're chosen, you're bought with a price and that's Jesus's life, he loves you. And even if you reject that, it still doesn't change that fact. And even if you doubt that, it still doesn't change that fact. So let's keep unpacking, you know, Luke 15, chapter 14 through 17. We're going to try to understand more about what happens next. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. And so he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And when he was longing to be fed with the paws of the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything... And he was, sorry, and he was longing to be fed with the paws that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? And so it didn't take long, right? But homeboy realized, like, he was lost. He was lost, and he was looking for and needing a relationship with God. And how did he realize that? I'll tell you how. He realized it through hunger. Did y'all just read that? Did you see that? Like, I don't know about you, but when I'm hungry, I act in certain ways that, like, I wouldn't necessarily be proud of telling you, like, on this stage. Like, when I'm hungry, I either get, like, really, really mad or I get, like, really, really sad really, really fast. And my fiancé definitely knows that that's true, um, but, you know, same thing for her, too. Uh, It's like that Snickers commercial where it's like, you know, uh, I'm throwing shade. It's okay. But it's like that Snickers commercial. It's like, you know, you're not yourself when you're hungry, and then they get the Snicker, and then it's, like, they're brand new. Yeah. So I feel that. Like, I feel that in my innermost being. So my emotions, they go crazy. Um, and in the same way, I feel like the younger son, he felt hunger after losing everything. And he, he also realized he had a spiritual hunger for relationship with his father. So what do I mean by spiritual hunger? Like, what, what are you talking about? You know, hunger for spirits, ginger, like what? So let me explain. Have y'all ever felt like you were missing something inside? Deep questions tonight, deep questions. The silence in the room, you hear that. Like, you may have everything. You may have the coolest stuff, you may have like, you know, all the popularity or whatever, but deep down you feel like if you could just have that one thing, just one more thing, maybe you'd be happy or fulfilled. Maybe that looks like a relationship, maybe that looks like grades or being good at a certain sport, maybe that looks like the love of your father. Everyone feels this at one point or another because like the younger son, we notice the things in this world don't last and they don't fulfill us and we always need more. And deep down inside, we have an emptiness or a void that can only be filled with a relationship with God the Father. That's, what, that's what's trying to be communicated right here in this message. Guys, all rejection is, is the reaction to become lost in trading relationship with God for things that won't last. And so that's another point today, is that rejection is the reaction of becoming lost by trading relationship with God for things that won't last the younger son was longing to be fed. And I want to ask y'all today, are you guys longing to be fed? Are you longing for that relationship with God too? Or are you just trying to fill that need temporarily? So anyways, the, the younger son, he comes to himself, meaning like he wanted to turn away from his old self, turn away from sin, and, and turn back to the father because he realized that the father had all the things that would fulfill that longing and that would fulfill that need. So he's like, why not turn back, you know? And just like that, the return starts. And so this is the second part of what we're going to be talking about today. So let's keep reading and see what happens. We're going to go back to verse 18. And so I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as your hired servants. And he rose and he came to his father. We're going to stop there just for a second. There's a little bit more to that verse. And so here we see that the younger son, hitting rock bottom, you know, the, the foodless pig pen, he decides to get up and to turn away from uh, his ways of sin and rejection to embracing a relationship again with his father. Because he knew the good that came with being in a relationship with him. And I, want, I wonder if we view God this way. And I don't know if you caught this, but the younger son here was trying to make a plan on how he was going to return back home. He was trying to make a plan. So back in that culture, it was normal for a Jewish father, and this is some heavy stuff, to beat a son who would come back home after doing something that awful. In fact, that son would have had to find a way to pay his way back to earn his status back as a son. He would to be considered a son. And that's why his plan was not to return back to God as a son, <laughs> bless you, but as a servant. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of us try to come back to God like this sometimes especially when we're ashamed of what we've done. We either completely decide like just not to go back to God because we don't care about him or because of the fact that like we messed up and we see God as this like angry dad who's just like not gonna reject us, doesn't care about us and like will beat us if we try to come back to him. Or we consider going back to God but we think to ourselves, man, I messed up too bad this time. There's no way dad's gonna accept me back. Or we say, I'm gonna clean myself up before I go back to God. I have to be perfect and sinless. And then we try to hide ourselves and to cover ourselves because we're feeling shame and stuff and and we just hide and we go back into this pattern and it just burdens us, you know? But even with his plan, the younger son chose to return to relationship with father. That's, That's the point for this one. The younger son chose to return to relationship with the father, And so the younger son, he was scared and he was expecting the worst. But we're gonna go ahead and read the third part of this part of the story that changes his view. And we're gonna see how the father receiving the son really looks like. And so this is in verse uh, 20 right here. This is the continued part of verse 20. But while he was a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him and the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven, and before you I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father, and this is him cutting him off before he could say the rest of his plan, he said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill, and let us celebrate, for this my son was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Y'all, this is one of the most beautiful pictures in the whole Bible of how God the Father receives us when we seek relationship with him. And here's a painting from a guy. His name is uh, Rembrandt. I think it will come up in a second. Um, This is a beautiful painting, and it really affected how I viewed God as a father. And I just want to keep this up as I just keep talking and let y'all keep looking at this. Well, the father... Here, he showed complete emotional abandon. If you see that, he made himself look silly as a dad, just running, pulling up his little like dad skirt, whatever they wore back then. He was running, exposing his legs like that. Like, they just didn't do that back then. I'm not gonna wear that for y'all, but like, they, they just don't do that. And he, and he ran to him and he hugged him and he kissed him. Talk about love right there. He gave him the coolest stuff. He called for a big party and then he called him his son. When he was expecting to just be brought back as a servant or just to be completely rejected, he called him his son. The father didn't see him from far off and say, oh man, there's Brian coming back. This better be good. This better be a good one. This better be a good excuse. But he was waiting patiently and full of unconditional love, waiting to run to him and to bring him back home. Guys, God is doing the same with us. (laughs) Only if we just turn to him. I had a conversation with my friend the other day. Um, And it was about about this story. We're just unpacking it more. And um, we we felt as if, like, we were thinking about the story, and we felt like maybe, you know, the story just about the younger son was left on a cliffhanger. Because it doesn't really say, I don't know if y'all caught that as we were reading it, but it doesn't really say the younger son responded to his father after his father received him. Just kind of like the older son. Like, the older son didn't really have a response. Jesus went just straight into talking about the older son in this but after reflecting on it some more, I realized that Jesus did show the younger son's response. The older son's response may not be shown, but Jesus did show the younger son's response. And the younger son's response to the father's love was fully receiving it. Oh, there's the main point. Popped up. There you go. If you could take away anything, this is what y'all should take away today. Is that today? The younger son's response to the father's love was fully receiving it. And that's it. That's it. That's all it takes. God wants relationship with you too. And just like Jesus shows here about how God the Father feels about the younger son, he wants to fulfill your need in your heart for him. He created you for relationship and he wants you to receive his love. But the question here that I wanna ask you, if you just pay attention really quick, look at me, look at me, bring it in here. The question I wanna ask you is this, is will you receive it? It's the most important question you'll have to answer for the rest of your life. Will you receive God's love for you? An author I like, he he said this Jesus is the prodigal son of the prodigal father who gave away everything the father had entrusted him so that you and I could be like him and return with him to the father's house. Y'all, the whole story of the Bible points to a whole bunch of people who have turned away from God, who have rejected him and lived in a life of sin and making it all about ourselves but yet God still chose them and he led them back to return into relationship with him through what Jesus did on the cross and he received them back home. You see the three parts there? The rejected, the returned, and the received. So here as I close, I want you all to know this and bens he's gonna come up and uh, lead us in worship again, um, but the, the Bible, guys, it, it's God's story and it's all about returning us back to relationship with him because he loves us the Bible is really just one giant love letter from God to us. And to uh, close this time together, I want to read parts from this letter to y'all as if God is writing to you. And Paul, do you mind? There's a le- so there's a stack of letters. Everybody look in the back right over there. Paul is going to deliver me some good news. So this letter is essentially just a love letter from God. Would you like to deliver me this letter, Paul? Everybody give it up for Paul. This is totally, this was totally planned, y'all. This is 100% planned. But I would love to just read this letter to y'all. So this letter is essentially just a whole bunch of, you know, verses throughout the whole Bible just about God's love for us. And, um, you know, there's some paraphrased verses or some verses here that are just like word for word. But I would love to read this to y'all and read it over you guys and so that we could learn more about what God says about us and how much he loves us. And if y'all wanna read it for yourselves, so I printed out so many of these letters so you feel free to take one of these on your way out. It just talks a lot about God's love for you as a father. So feel free to grab these as you leave. I'm gonna go ahead and read this and um, then we'll come up and lead us in some worship. All right, I'm gonna awkwardly open this right here. Let's read this together. This is a letter from your father. My child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up, I am familiar with all your ways. And even the very hairs on your head are numbered, for you were made in my image. And in me you live and move and have your being, for you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You were not a mistake. For all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. And you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day that you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who do not know me. And I'm not distant and angry, but I am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you simply because you are my child and I am your father. And I offer you more than your earthly father ever could for I am the perfect father. And every good gift that you receive, it comes from my hand for I am your provider and I'll meet your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts towards you are countless as the sand on the seashore And I rejoice over you with singing, I will never stop doing good to you, for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and my soul, and I want to show you great and marvelous things. And if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me, and I'll give you the desires of your heart, for it is I who gave you those desires. And I'm able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine, for I am your greatest encourager. I am the Father who comforts you in your troubles. And when you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I've carried you close to my heart. One day I will wipe away every tear from your eyes. And I'll take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your Father and I love you even as I love my son, Jesus. For in Jesus, my love for you is revealed. And he is the exact representation of my being. And he came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you. And to tell you that I am not counting your sins. And Jesus died so that you and I could be brought back into relationship with me. His, fought, his death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I loved that I might gain, your love. And you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me. And nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home, and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I've always been your father and will always be your father. My question is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you. Love your dad, God. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for tonight. Lord, thank you for just how you are moving here, and thank you for the fact that you are with us, that you never abandon us, And God, that you chose us and that you chose to have a relationship with us. And Lord, I pray and ask that we just never forget that. Uh, God, that we just get to know you. um, We get to know you more as a father and um, that we'd be able to just rest in that and rest in that reality, Lord. And God, I just pray and ask, um, Lord, that you would just continue to lead us closer to you, God. And even when we run astray, even when we think we got it all together and don't need you, Lord, um, God, would you run after us God, would you lead us back home? Lord, we just need you. We need you so much. Lord, help us to see that you're calling us home and that you love us. In your name we pray.